0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, another episode of the Fudo Brothers podcast.
1: You were talking about this podcast before we started, and it was something about gardening, did, did law gnomes, <laughs> or something. Okay,
0: I heard a really good quote the other day. Okay, I'm and the quote was, "I'd rather be a warrior in the garden than a gardener at war." Okay, explain so, hash that out. About okay, so. I'd rather be a warrior in the garden, meaning I would rather be a master of my craft, be able to protect myself, my family and my loved ones and be doing other fulfilling things like gardening than to be doing these fulfilling things and have zero ability to protect myself or anybody else. Hmm. So if you are a warrior in the garden, you already know that you are at peace because you know that if your duty called, you could go into war. If you are a gardener that has never trained in their life, never knows nothing. And you're going into war. That is a very tough situation. So the saying is, I think it's more about, you know, preparation and, and the, the reason why we train and, and this, the feeling of... Oh, I'm trying to describe the indescribable. The feeling of... It's it's a feeling of peace. Warriors are at when you are a true warrior you're at peace because you you you
1: you don't have much to worry about. It's like the fear of the unknown. I always relate it back to my teenage years. You know, I've done martial arts my whole life, and. You kind of know where you're at when it came to an altercation. Like, because you spar, you do tournaments, you are aware that some people are better than you. They're going to whoop you in a fight, and some people are worse than you. But the people that have no idea where they are on that scale, they tend to peacock around and want to fight. And, like, they're the guys who are always trying to fight at the bar or do something or prove how tough they were. Because internally, deep down, they didn't know, so they were never at peace. Because mm. they never, un- they they're always questioned. Like, am I tough? Like, can I throw a punch? Can I take a punch? Could mm. I beat somebody? Yeah, up? right. But when you practice martial arts, you know. Just like when you're a warrior, you know what it's like to be at war,
0: mm-hmm. and you would rather be gardening, mm. so you know the
1: cost, <laughs> right? Whereas somebody who's never been to war. Can run their mouth, say things, we're gonna storm you, like mm-hmm. put up all this yeah. this whole bunch of outward mm-hmm. hate mm-hmm. because they don't know the consequence of their action. They don't know what the war times are like. No
0: kidding, no kidding. And I bet you you know, you if you ask any real warrior, you know, war's not pretty. You know, war is it's and just, ugly. Like our troops that come back. Man, and yeah, PTSD and the challenges. And we have the most respect for those who serve to protect our way of life. There is no greater honor. And honestly, to be cut from that cloth is such a rare
1: occurrence. And And we commend you. And what a selfless act. Like, you're not coming back a millionaire. You're not coming back like... With a parade rolled out for you and people cheering your name in the streets. Mm -hmm. You're doing that to serve your country and your fellow man. And you watch those people. like They understand something that we could never. And how they talk about it and speak about it with each other are sometimes a way I wish I understood it more. Because it would help me to even provide more support to people who've been through what they've been through, but you can see how they talk to each other that they've all they're a community of people that have all experienced something that civilians like us will never know will never understand, yeah, and just hats off respect to the warriors out
0: there big time. There's nothing more fascinating than every Remembrance Day or Veterans Day. I make a point to watch war documentaries. Mm-hmm. And literally, I I just wish I had this level of fascination with what we as humans have done in the past. Now, the... the when I was in school, you know, when I was in school, it's like, OK, I got to regurgitate which general did what. And it's like, cool. Yeah. the War of 1812. Yeah. Duh. And you don't care. You're just like, yeah, OK, cool. A bunch of guys fought each other. And uh, hey, where's the hot chicks at? Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like you're just your your head isn't you're not developed enough to understand enough about the world to re. And then once you start to become aware of what's actually going on on the planet and the ramifications of our actions and how we all try to get along on planet Earth and how we have experienced the longest period of global peace in a very, very long time, 70 plus years of peace yeah. because uh, after world war two and the U S like the world order that the United States has set up, man, when you start digging into this, it's fascinating. And watching these documentaries, I just, I can't help, but be so in awe of the bravery. And just, these are 20, Twenty-year-old kids jumping off the boat, storming the beach of Normandy near certain death, and kids these days need trigger warnings and microaggressions and th- like and don't eat the soap pod. Wow, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? Like, whoa! That is a sign that you know we really have had good times for far too long. Like it's yeah. crazy. And so you know maybe this coronavirus it's a world war against a virus. Yes. And now we're all going through these these challenging times that have
1: totally put things into perspective and you, you hit a sensitive topic there but i'm going to kind of repeat because i really agree with what you said there like the coronavirus feels like another world war yeah and how we can be prepared as warriors right now cuz like warriors the guys we see the specialists we've seen the the top the top performers they're always prepared even in when even after they've retired, they're they're working out, they're they're shooting, they're 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 always prepared, and I really feel like how we as a community, even if it's just the Budo Brothers community, let's let's just keep it to our sure martial artist community. How we prepare for this is we stay healthy, we do our mindful practices. We eat the right foods that are going to improve our immune system. We get the right amounts of sleep. We, we prepare our temple because coronavirus is an attack against our biological being. And making ourselves stronger, better, faster, fitter, healthier, that's going to protect us better than any freaking mask in the world. No kidding. Amen. Yeah.
0: That is, that's the truth. Going on offense to create a good defense
1: from the last episode. Yeah, man. And, you know, just being a warrior that way. Like, martial arts can no longer happen the same way it was happening before. Like, right now. Yeah. Like, it's, it's harder for people to get together and mm-hmm. to train the same way. Mm-hmm. But the training you could do now, self-practice, yeah, helps to strengthen your body and your mind. And that's always been such a huge part of martial arts. And I wish I had a magic wand I could cast over the whole world and be like, look, what everybody needs right now is a healthy dose of martial arts practice. You need to work on your mindset, you need to improve your flexibility, you need to eat right and be one with nature like most traditional martial arts. You need to practice like being primal and surviving. You need to learn to defend yourself. Like, you know how, if, if you could just hand that out to everybody, just like here, everybody take this now. I think it would, the world would be in a different place.
0: And how ironic is that? Is that usually it's the most well-practiced masters that are the most peaceful. Right. You know, and it's kind of ironic. It's like if you really know how to kick ass,
1: you're usually a very peaceful person. And, and that's just my observation. And I have a question that I heard a little while ago. And it's a question of power. Who is the most powerful person? Just because we're talking about warriors yeah. and all these different areas and specialties, who do you believe is the most powerful? The monk, like the person who is the most spiritual. The emperor, who's in command of everything. Or the general, like the commander. Out of those three people, who do you think is the most powerful when they're masters of their craft? Man, you could put a case for any one of those. It's kind of like a no. Yeah,
0: like l- you can legit. Lose. Yeah, like you could, I could build you and pitch why any one of those three would be the most powerful? But where did your mind go first? Um, mind head went emperor. How oh, powerful a powerful emperor command and you know that like that's just by definition by head thinking definitions. Yeah, commander. I mean, they are the they're like okay, move here, boom, go flank
1: them. You know, that's, and and they're the ones who rally everybody behind them. Yeah, like, true enough. The army won't do anything without the commander. Yes, and that's in fact how a lot of empires were. Overthrown with through the commander, right? But then the the monk is in control of himself and in control of like spirit, which is uh, like the ultimate power. Exactly. <laughs> so so it's,
0: you could put a K. I, you could pitch any one of. Is there like a an answer no, to this? No answer. Okay. This is one of those like
1: <laughs> if a tree falls in the forest, does a beaver shit yeah. its pants? <laughs> and the beaver did shit its pants for sure. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly it. You know
0: what? I actually heard a crazy stat the other day. Yeah. 5% of people on planet earth have trained in martial arts.
1: That is so incredibly low.
0: 5%
1: out of that 5%, how many make it to black belt? That would be an interesting stat. Cause if you just look at any dojo you've been in, how many people faces that you see at the beginning, do you see it all the way through to the end exactly. of black? Exactly. I bet you it's a fraction of a percent. Yeah. So, if you are in a black belt in any discipline, you are of a very niche club of people, mm-hmm. like tens to hundreds in some arts. Yeah. And then thousands in other arts. Like, there's no way there's a million Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belts. That's probably the most popular art right now with belts. Yeah. Because huh. like know. Filipino martial arts doesn't have belts. Really. Yeah.
0: I don't know. It's, it's so interesting to think of how different styles rank. Mm-hmm their systems, but you're right. It's so, it's so rare because for you to dedicate yourself to a goal, like achieving a certain level in a certain art and to follow through on that and to go through the path, less traveled the warrior's way, the boo do way, boo warrior doe way, the warrior's way to get through that path of adversity, to sharpen that sword on hard, hard stone, you know, it's not comfortable. It's not, there's going to be times where you want to quit and a lot of off ramps, a lot of very,
1: very compelling reasons why you should stop. And martial arts taught us peace. It, it a hundred percent taught us peace. I've done a yoga. I've done entrepreneurship. I've been to school. I've Heck, I've even tried life coaching courses. Like, I've done tons <laughs> of things. You're a life designer, Kyle? I am a life designer. <laughs> I, at at 25? I'll, this is a warning right now. Eric and I are not qualified to tell anybody about their lives. <laughs> like, no, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely We not. are not life coaches. We're
0: not life coaches. And you know what? Yeah. How? Can, that's my beef with life coaches, right? Yeah. It's like half the time they're 25 and haven't even lived yet right. <laughs> and they're like, "Well, you should totally do this." And there's so many inputs to everybody's life. It's so freaking yeah. complex. And I feel like the best like I think the most powerful word in there is coach, and what coaches do is actually coach. Like they listen, they talk,
1: and and if you are a person though who is very observant, and knows how to ask the right questions, then I think you could be a life coach. Right. Because that's a skill set. That's a very powerful skill set. For sure. But anyways, martial arts for peace. (laughs) (laughs) Like, done so many things. Fighting and the combative arts is the best way that I've been able to find stillness or peace or inner peace or whatever. Yeah, nice. And it's so backwards. For anybody who's listening who's maybe never tried martial arts, you would think that martial arts are always aggressive and mean and like, you're always going to have this like powerful negative energy and you learn very quickly. Once you do martial arts, it's so humbling. Mm -hmm. And once, you know, I think for me, once I knew that there, no matter what you do, there's always going to be somebody bigger, stronger, faster, better than you that could beat you. They, once you know that, you start to respect things a lot more, and you can let that ego fade away. And once you let the ego fade away, you can become more peaceful because you got nothing to prove. And you can become a real student. Yes.
0: <laughs> Ready and willing to learn and absorb. Absorb. You know, what was it Bruce Lee saying? The absorb what's useful, reject, reject what's, what's useless, useless. and yes. then make that which is your own That is one of the most profound
1: sayings ever. Mark Makita busted that up really nicely too. When we were talking to Mark Makita in California, he was talking uh, about how once a teacher teaches you something, it belongs to you. Like, Oh yeah, you can't, a teacher can't give you something and hold the rights of to it. It's like, you need to quote me every time you say this. Once a teacher teaches that they've lost ownership of it and it now is yours. And I thought that was a super cool way to think of teaching and, and how information is spread because it's so true. Even if you look at music right now, there's very pure original sounds. And songs most of it is built on hundreds of years of music and samples of songs and samples of this and like you know rap came from blues blues came from like you know mm-hmm. all yeah, these yeah. different all things it's it's rock rock
0: came from their like, evolutions yes they're they are reiterations there are new takes there that's what creativity is and
1: It's so rare to have a pure, absolutely new invention. And you see it by market adoption. Like when the fricking internet came out, like that's new. Yeah. No, that hasn't happened before. No one knew what it was. What's this internet thing? And it's a fad. Go figure why a company like Google now. Oh, like is in charge of anything, everything. Mm -hmm. And so, you but google itself wasn't even original original like it was it's the it's the modern yellow pages yeah but altavista do you ever remember that thing google yahoo search like yeah uh what was Bing. the other one AOL AOL uh, and yeah there was all these other search engines so like how the hell did all these like who was the person who was like all right everybody let's compete for a search engine like mm-hmm. how come it's like everybody gets ideas and innovations around the same time it's so strange it it, but that's
0: kind of how we humans are wired we start seeing what's happening like oh i think i could do it better Mm -hmm. and then you do and then you start filling little niches and little opportunities and voids that get filled. And that's the beauty of entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship is solving people's problems. You know, you are actually being, hey, this doesn't exist. I'm going to do this. I'm going to provide value to, I'm going to be of service
1: to other people. And there's a huge epidemic right now in martial arts. You can see that there's kind of a line drawn in the sand. Old martial artists practicing old ways who are not able to adapt are going to slowly and sadly fade away. I say sadly because they're the ones who hold the true art, right? Yeah. Yeah. The the, true OG. OG OG's (laughs) the authentic where they didn't have time to be on Instagram posting and and flexing Mm -hmm. and showing off. Mm Mm-hmm. Those people are going to fade away. And fortunately, unfortunately, the forest burnt down. And now there's new trees growing up. Mm -hmm. And some seeds cannot grow without the forest burning. And I look forward to seeing the new innovation of martial artists out there who still want to share this knowledge this ancient way and spread it as as far as they can how they evolve and how they take this this forward and how they continue that way of the warrior the Budo way and they transform it into this new paradigm and to the older people that are super sharpened with it that take that and transform it into this new paradigm and well. adapt exactly
0: adapt exactly and and so the ones that don't adapt will fade o- exactly things have been shaken up so much it's unrecognizable you know and so you have to adapt or die and that is that's the laws of nature that's why things go extinct is all of a sudden ecosystems start to say hey you we this isn't useful anymore right and if there is no use it goes extinct and so how can we take Things that we know and leverage the new seeds. When the forest has burnt down and there's new seeds sprouting up, can you take
1: your burnt-ass tree and leverage what's going on in the new sprouts? And let's face it. There's some things in martial arts that are super applicable. Like if you're doing it for a sport, there's a direct way that you can use it. If you're doing it for self-defense, that's direct. Like in law enforcement too and those types of practice. But let's face it, martial arts is becoming less and less of a necessity in our evolving society of keyboard warriors. But man, people always need to open their eyes that the lessons within martial arts are a lot deeper than that first surface level of I can fight. Mm -hmm. I can do this. And heck, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Like, okay, what if three attackers come at you? What would you do? Like, you know, like, or uh, like you're training knife-on-knife fighting. Like, you have a better chance of getting attacked by a shark than being in a knife-on-knife fight right now. (laughs)
0: That's true. (laughs) That's true. And I would just... Like, (laughs) statistically. And I I would just run. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Knife comes out. I got peace. Run
1: run jutsu. I'm out of here. (laughs) (laughs) That's where I exit stage left. (laughs) Yeah, but... It's a lot of fun. There's something about training that, that is fun and exciting and, and it would suck to lose it.
0: Mm -hmm, Totally, man. It would suck to lose it. Yes. So we should be doing more of the, uh, encapsulating and helping people get their arts out there. Right. And that's what I really feel we're doing with our digital seminars, you know?
1: So what's the Budo Brothers challenge for this week?
0: I think we talked a lot about disruption, adapt or die, you know, and being a warrior, that path. That's, that is a struggle. My challenge, the Budo Brothers challenge for this episode is to try to disrupt yourself. If you're doing really well, try to break your own business. If you have great health. Try and figure out where it could go wrong. What holes can you plug? Try and disrupt yourself. Try and break your own system. Whatever it is, health, business, martial arts. Where's your holes in martial arts? Try and try and disrupt yourself. Why? Why would somebody do that? Because if you cuz if you don't disrupt yourself, somebody else will. I
1: like that. I like that a lot. Well, that brings us to the end of another great week. We'll catch you guys next week. Make sure you follow us on all of the internet things, search Budo Brothers everywhere and check our store. We probably are going to be getting loads of new things in there. Coming out Some soon. new yes. flashy designs, some new things in the store. So we look forward to sharing those with you. Absolutely. Till next week. Signing off.